Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proust, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's of Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Autistic. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com. Class, my heart's 
mountaintops of Middle Earth. Orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Well, 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 hello out there in uh, internet radio land. This is your illustrious host, Emmy, and if you're listening to me, uh, then that means that you are watching the greatest talk show that ever has been, ever was, and ever will be. Guys, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Is the one right? Is that the one right on top? Oh, I'm sorry. That is the one. Okay, bring back the basket. Hold on, guys. I'm 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 doing. I'm having a technical difficulty. Apparently, it's not in there. I'll have to get it later. Thank you. Um, you're watching and listening to the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be, and that is, of course, the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. And this is me, Emmy, your host for tonight. Which is, oh, thank you, my wife is so awesome uh, Tonight is March 18th, 2017 And here we are, another week has passed Spring break weekend, what a week it has been But before I go any further, I'm sure many of you That are listening to us on our Blog Talk Radio um, servers Are wondering, wait a second, Emmy I know you usually simulcast at this hour, so what's going on? Well, apparently there's something wrong with the BitChat servers because when I try to broadcast there, there's a whole bunch of audio stuff going on. And it's, I don't know, I guess maybe because I'm using the same webcam, I'm not sure what's going on. So I don't know. Until then, I'm going to have to record myself and upload it later. So I'm sorry to all my uh, live bid chatters out there, but for some reason, I'm not able to do live simulcast feed tonight but that doesn't mean that you are going to be devoid of shifty awesomeness for the night because i thoroughly plan to give it to you so anyway what is tonight well first of all first of all i want to tell you that this week has been insane okay i mean i'm i mean to tell you first of all we've had the kids uh at home for the week right so that in itself has been (laughs) interesting and um, then on top of that, you know, we took them places because, you know, you do the thing where you take them places when you're a mom and dad and that kind of stuff. And, you know, we took them several, several places. We took them to the parks and we took them, um, you know, to see a movie. We went to see the Lego Batman movie, which, by the way, awesome movie. Best Batman movie I've seen this year and last year, by the way. Yes, that includes Batman versus Superman. I'm sorry. Better than that one by a landslide. They actually managed to capture the essence that was the Batman of the 60s and married it with modern day comedic and dark Batman-ish stuff. And it was perfect. I loved every minute of it. I laughed pretty much almost every time they spoke. The guy that played the Joker was great. The, I think Josh Gad played Robin, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I'm wrong. I'm right. I'm not. I actually don't know. I didn't look it up. But um, whoever played Robin was fantastic. Um, and um, you know, I had it on my head on who played Will Arnett. Will Arnett playing Batman was fantastic. I loved it. Everybody did a great job. They, there were so many Easter eggs. It, it was insane. It was insane sauce. Okay. Hashtag insane sauce. I just made it up. Okay, but that's not all that happened. Now, those of you that follow my um, my Facebook feeds, 
feedses, you guys know that I've been very, very busy. You know that I uh, went to do uh, my interviewing thing, my thing, with the Suncoast Credit Union Gasparilla International Film Festival uh, for this year. I interviewed several directors, producers. I interviewed uh, representatives of the credit union, which actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to air some of those interviews tonight, audio obviously. Um, and, you know, it was just great. I just had so much fun. I, had a, I made a lot of very uh, important connections. And uh, I look forward to next year's festival or to any other festivals that come between now and next year. So if you guys are out there, and I know many of you are out there that do these festivals, you want to invite me to do a performance or an appearance, you know where to get a hold of me. Here I am. And by the way, that reminds me, any of you that wish to call in, this actually would be the perfect opportunity to do so. Because unfortunately, like I said, we're for some reason – I'm not able to access the bitch head servers are down, so I can't do my live video feed. So if you want to call in, there should be a little button on the blog talk screen saying, you know, to interact live or something like that. And you can click that and it uses, I don't know, some kind of web magic or something. And there you go. You're in. Um, you can, or you can just use the magic of the telephono or the telephono and call me area code three, four, seven, two, three, seven, five, one, eight, seven. That again, the number is area code three, four, seven, Two three seven five one eight seven. But you know, before I go into the film festival, there is a, one other thing I did that I'm very, very excited and very proud of, and that is I got to uh, have a childhood dream come through. You know, um, one of the you know we every so often you guys know that we have these special episodes that air on the show. Well, there's going to be a special episode coming up, which I'm sure many of you have been hearing me talk about, which is my exclusive interview. Well, it's not really exclusive, but my expose, whatever, of Dr. Paul Bearer, the extremely famous horror host. Um, now, for those of you that may not know, which I very seriously doubt anybody listening to me doesn't, but just in case, Dr. Paul Bearer is a horror host character. That is based locally. Now, many of you know that there are these characters that really they've been around ever since the around the 50s era that came on local TV and hosted these reruns of old monster movies and sci-fi movies. And, you know, these are a lot of these B movies. And well, actually, some of them weren't B movies. Some of them were actually very big movies. Sometimes they would even have Frankenstein and Dracula on there. And these characters, a lot of times they were um, TV station employees or um, like meteorologists or sometimes a reporter would come on or a clerk and they would come up dressed in this really ridiculous, low grade, obviously fake makeup because they would, they would most of the times have to do it boom on the spur of the moment and they would just host it and they would have these ridiculous names like, well, Sven Gulli, um, uh, I think Count uh, Dracula, no, not Count Dracula, uh, Count Dracula. Uh, there was, um, Oh, there was that. Oh, what was the other one? I almost forgot. Oh, well, it's Count Gregula. He's no, he's new. I'm not sure if he's uh, a reiteration of an old one. Uh, excuse me. Uh, there was, uh, boy, oh, boy. I just lost it, guys. I just lost it. Oh, uh, boy. Well, anyway, Dr. Paul Bearer was one of them. And he is probably one of the more famous ones. He's, I mean, in my opinion, I think he's up there with Ben Gooley. Um, And I know 
you know, a lot of you out there remember him. Uh, he was he was around from like the, the late 70s to definitely the 80s. And then now we have a uh, reincarnation, as if you will, of Dr. Paul. And, you know, the gentleman who does Dr. Paul now, Richard Kuhn, does an absolutely phenomenal job as Dr. Paul. Um, and I especially love his lovely assistant, uh, uh, Cassie Bearer. Uh, who's uh, done by the always lovely Michelle Gandhi. Um, they were so fantastic during our shoot. Um, I had a, I had a blast. I know they did. Wait till you guys see this thing. It is un, but I mean it's going to be unbelievable. I'm just telling you right now. I've even gotten a new theme song out of the deal. Now I was going to air it tonight, but you know what? I don't want to just play it. I want to do something with it. So I'm going to create a brand new theme song. It's going to be video. It's going to have some type of effects. I don't know. Cause I'm still learning Adobe premiere pro and I'm going to put some type of effects on it and make it look and sound and taste. And yes, taste. Cause that's the, that's the era we're living in when you can, you can taste the intros and whatever. Anyway. So you, you'll be able to see it. So when that will be hopefully before next week's episode, but I don't, you know, I don't want to just, I don't want to release it until it's ready. But as far as when you can see the special episode between of me and Dr. Paul, all you have to do is watch my Facebook feed, which for those of you that don't know, you can find me online, facebook.com slash M-E does Shogun. That's E-M-I-D-A-S-H-O-G-U-N. Or I will also be uploading the video on our bid chat feed, hopefully when it works, which you can get bid chat app for free at most app stores it's b-i-d-c-h-a-t and i will be uploading that to our videos page i will also be making it available on our uh hopefully on our youtube page i, I mean i know it's not very frequented because quite frankly it's pretty new and i'm not really promoting it that much i'm mainly just using it to archive our stuff but really we'll be able to see it primarily through dr paul's facebook because uh, they're the ones that are going to share it so are they going to, you know, show it first? So be on the lookout. I, he's on my friends list. I'm sure if you get on my page, you'll be able to see it or just get on his page and throw him a like. I mean, why not? The guy is amazing. He's always putting up these videos, hint, like mine, well, like ours, excuse me. And he's got stuff like he just did a recent one uh, before he did ours. Uh, he did one with Batman and a lot of cosplayers with the Joker and all that kind of stuff it was hilarious. He also did one of... um the the Suncoast Ghostbusters, which that one was, oh my God, I loved it. I especially love the ghost special effect and and when they <laughs> they caught Doctor Paul in the ghost trap. I don't know how they did that, but it was great. Uh, and they also did a, a video of um, Doctor Paul with um, Butch Patrick, who played many of you know played any Munster during the Munsters TV show. Very famous celebrity. Uh, they also did a in fact I think that was in the Christmas special if I'm not mistaken. And they also did a video of uh, really was like a short uh, during Thanksgiving time when he was chasing a bunch of turkeys. And it was it was so brilliant because they did the whole Wiley Coyote, uh, you know, music in the background. Our excellence. Loved it. Loved every minute. So, I mean, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is go to drpaulbearer2.com and check out his videos. You're, you're you're missing it. It's If you haven't seen it yet, hilarious. And there's a little. There's these little cards on the page, and all you have to do is you know, drag the videos card out, click on it, and there's all the videos right there for your enjoyment. So anyway, um, just be on the lookout for the interview. I'll, it'll be posted soon. 
until then, I have some news for you guys. Of course, you know I always have news that I start out the, the show with, so here we go. All right. Do, 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 do. But, you know, before we do that, I'm sure some of you may have missed our, uh, you know, our little uh, President George, uh, former President Bush Jr.'s uh, disclosure of UFOs when he was president. Why don't we give a listen while I uh, go to these news articles? Here we go. We are back with President Bush. This is his book. It is called Portraits of Courage, and we will go through this and talk about some of the veterans that, who you painted and you wrote about. But first, I want to ask you, this is a question that I think is very important to me and very important to the country. When you were in office, and I don't know when this happened or if it happened, did you go through the secret files, the UFO documents? Because if Maybe. I was president, that would be the first thing I did. You know, it's funny. My daughters asked the very same question. They did? Yeah. Would you be allowed to tell your daughters what was in those files? Uh, no. You would not? No. Now that you're out of office, you can do anything you want, right? True, yeah. Uh, but I'm not telling you. You're not telling <laughs> You're not telling me what? Are you not telling me that you looked at them? I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> are there really great secrets that you know that you can't share with people? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Uh, and you never write about them? No. Maybe at a time in your life that no. you're like, oh, I'm 90, I'm going to do it. No. No, nothing. What if, you, what if you were to get like a little like loopy, you know, you get old and... Start drinking you again? Start, yeah, yeah, start drinking again. Guillermo, get some tequila. Yeah. <laughs> do you love clicking buttons and subscribing to things? <laughs> then click <laughs> the button to subscribe to my channel. Okay, so there we go. That was the little clip of President Bush not disclosing information. But you know what's interesting about that, if I may deviate a tiny, tiny bit. So he says in that little interview with Jimmy um, Kimmel, I always get him mixed up with Jimmy Fallon just because of their names. He says he can't. He doesn't say he he doesn't. Well, he actually does say he won't, but he also says he can't. He doesn't say there is nothing interesting. He could have. He could have just said, guess what? There's nothing alieny about it. That that would not have been a major. You know, actually, that would have been a major disclosure. But he says he can't. So that to me says. There is something going on that he can't talk about. So that's pretty interesting. Okay, so news of the day. Here it goes. Well, it turns out that all those smog things, the smog that people are suffering from in China, it's gotten so bad that Chinese firms are now offering pollution solutions that include hat filters, smog socks, and bottled air. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Chinese Premier Li Keqiang, I hope I'm, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, pledges to ensure that blue skies never become a, a luxury. Well, guess what? A state-backed firm is doing very good business selling 48 one cans of fresh air bottled in a forest in western China. And just so you know, 48 one translates to 695. So if you want clean air and you're in China, all it costs you is going to be $6.95. Each bottle is good for two minutes of uninterrupted use. From air filter necklaces to anti-smog stockings, Chinese companies are touting innovative, if not odd, products to consumers worried about the quality of the air that they breathe. Now, 
At the close of the annual meeting of Parliament on Wednesday, Lee said air pollution must be brought under control and blue sky should never be a luxury. Smog alerts, by the way, are common in northern China, especially during bitterly cold winters when pollution masks are frequently out of stock. How curiously convenient, or rather inconvenient. Quote, we set up a factory in Ningdong Forest Park in Shangxi province and compress air directly into the bottle, said a sales manager at Songqing Forest Industry, which is backed by the local Taipei Forestry Bureau. Consumers will feel like they are breathing in the forest. Oh, boy. Well, meanwhile, a firm backed by e-commerce giant, JDG.com, is selling necklaces with micro air filters priced at 699 yuan. Merchants on Taobao also sell leg stockings and cosmetics, claiming to protect the skin from toxic smog, as well as a 298 one air filter installed hat. You know, it's interesting for a country that keeps uh, saying how, you know, touting the, the, the wonders of communism, they sure are acting rather capitalistic with their inventions. And, oh, I don't know about you, but... When I hear stuff like this and read it, it kind of reminds me of something called the Lorax. I never thought it'd come to that. I never thought we would get to the point where we would actually see someone sell air. Dr. Seuss is probably rolling in his grave right now. God rest his soul. So, St. Patrick's Day, Faith and Begorda. Was that yesterday? I don't know when it was. Well, Rhode Island lawmakers raised the glass to St. Patrick's Day and St. Joseph's Day. I am not sure what that sound was. Something on my computer, but oh well. They raised the glass to those days on Thursday, so a couple days ago. A week after, a legislator complained about, guess what, heavy drinking at a state house. The toes were part of Irish and Italian cultural celebrations held in the legislative chambers. Providence Democratic Representative Moira Walsh last week told local uh, media outlets there's an, quote, insane amount of drinking in the building. Legislative leaders, however, disputed that. Now, despite all the melee, Democratic House Speaker Nicholas Mattiello didn't consider skipping the toast. Lawmakers drank a small amount of Bailey's Irish cream liquor and Chianti wine. Or, sorry, sorry, Chianti. Mattiello said it's tradition to celebrate various cultures, and there is an excessive alcoholic consumption. Now, Walsh, who took office in January, excuse me, walked out of the room before the first toast and drank from a water bottle during the second. Yeah, right. She probably drank one of one of those Chinese air bottles, right? She said she's frustrated by the amount of time wasted on celebrations and resolution passing. Right? Because, I mean, resolutions, you know, who cares about passing those? She said they should spend more time voting on meaningful bills. Quote, I thought I'd come in here, kick down walls, and make policies to help my neighbors, she said on Thursday. I feel like I've spent a lot of time applauding. The House, by the way, also honors Israel Independence Day, the Day of Portugal, and Dominican Republic Independence Day, as well as the Day of Independent Platypus. I'm kidding. I'm making up that last part. Who cares about Dominicans? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The part, the part about the platypus was made up. By the way, speaking of animals, a New York court is going to determine if a chimp is indeed legally a person. That's what attorney Stephen Wise tried to convince a state appeals court in Manhattan of on Thursday. Wise, who represents the Florida-based, of course, non-human rights project, 
animal advocacy group, argued that two chimps named Tommy and Kiko should be freed from cages to live in an outdoor sanctuary. Now, Wise has been trying for years unsuccessfully to get courts to grant the chimps habeas corpus, chimpus, sorry, sorry, I couldn't resist, in order to, he says, free them from unlawful enchantment. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry, I can't help it. He says the apes, to be called apes, that is an A word, they prefer chimps, which did not appear in court, deserve a better quality of life. If the court agrees, they would be sent to live with others of their species on one of 13 islands amid a lake in Fort Pierce, Florida, that comprise the Save the Chimps Sanctuary. A five-judge panel will issue its ruling in the coming days or weeks. Now, Kiko's keeper, Carmen Presti, says he's not giving up the chimp. He and his wife rescued the deaf chip 23 years ago from a life of performing at state fairs in the television movie Tarzan in Manhattan. Kiko is believed to have lost his hearing when he was beaten by a trainer and has medical problems requiring constant attention. Quote, if he's taken away, he could die without his family to give him the special care he needs and to bring him into the house to play, says Presti where he, uh, of Niagara Falls, New York, where he runs the nonprofit Primate Sanctuary whose rescue animals are part of a youth educational program. Now, Tommy was caged at a trailer lot in Gloversville outside Albany. Now, you know, obviously this is legal personhood now. It does not mean animals are expected to perform daily human tasks, okay? It's a technical term that ensures legal entities, in this case chimps, have basic – sorry, I was going to say human, but that would be insensitive and speciesist but they have basic rights. Now, Presti is not taking any direct legal action, but he does have the support of attorney Bob Kahn, who also wrote a brief for the Albany Appeal, saying, quote, there's no practical need to provide human rights to non-humans. I agree. I think they should be provided, you know, platypus rights, but you know, no, really, they should be provided the same rights that they have in the wild. But that's just me. Well, if you want to know more about this, I'm sure you can find out more by going to the Non-Human Rights Project, which can be found at nonhumanrightsproject.org. And the Primate Sanctuary's website can be located at theprimatesanctuary.com. So if we see any more updates on this story, if you guys are interested, I'll bring it up. I'll talk about it. And, you know, as far as making money stuff, authorities in the UK are seeking an owner of a gold trove stashed inside a piano. Yeah. See, a coroner investigating the find on Thursday urged anyone with information to come forward. When the piano's owner took it to be tuned last year in Shropshire, Shropshire, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that actually, Central England, it was found to contain a hoard of gold sovereigns minted between the mid-19th and early 20th centuries. Investigators have determined that the piano was built in London in 1906 and sold to a pair of piano teachers in Saffron Walden, which is in eastern England. They're seeking information on its ownership before 1983. Now, anyone wanting to make a claim has until April 20th, so that's a little bit over a month, when coroner John Ellery will conclude his inquest. If the gold's owner or heirs cannot be traced, it will be declared treasure, and the piano's current owners will, guess what, reap the reward. Officials have not disclosed how much the coins are worth. Uh, Peter Reveal, who assesses the fines for the British Museum's portable antiquity scheme, said, it's a hoard of objects, which is potentially life-changing for somebody to receive. So there you have it. Are you, in, are you English or are you in England? You know what this, who this gold belongs to? Call. Maybe it's you. You know, I mean. And speaking of grumpy meese, mooses, 
I was just talking about that. Wasn't I just talking about that? Of course. Well, Alaska wildlife officials warned people Tuesday to keep their distance from grumpy moose after too close calls. Why do people want to don't? Okay, let me explain something to you guys. Stop bothering mooses, moose, meese, whatever. Moose are not cuddly. They can kill you. Okay, one of the animals walked up behind a woman tending chickens in the city of Homer on Sunday and started eating chicken food from a bucket she carried. When she turned, the startled moose kicked her. It pulled, quote, it pulled its nose out of the bucket, looked at her, reared back, and kicked her right in the noggin, said the assistant area biologist for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. Another agitated moose twice charged skiers in a lift line Saturday at Alieska Resort, which is a downhill ski venue in the resort town of Girdwood. A spokesman for Fish and Game said no one was hurt, but the authorities advised resort officials to shoot and kill the animal Sunday to remove the threat to skiers. Now, quote, not all moose are looking for a fight right now, but they do tend to get a little cranky this time of year. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe it has something to do with, oh, I don't know. They're looking for a mate. In summer, moose eat lush leaves, but turn to twigs and other woody material in winter, which are not as nutritious. And, of course, the animals are tired and ready for spring. Most Alaska residents know better than to get near moose in mating season or between a moose mother and a new calf, but they generally regard the animals as docile. Moose are a common sight along roads and even streets of Anchorage, which is the state's largest city. So there you go. I mean, look, you know, if, if you're going to visit Alaska, if you're going to visit anytime you visit anywhere, you always want to make sure you become aware of your environment. You want to know what the laws are because just because you don't know the laws of that area does not mean you won't be arrested or fined or held because of your not knowing or ignorance. You will. Like, for example, when you visit Tampa, you can't dress in a bikini or a swimsuit and sing a musical number in downtown. No, I'm not joking. You will get at least fined or said or at least a verbal warning if you're lucky. Okay, and, and by the way, speaking of performance, <laughs> oh, I tell you. Actually, you know what? I'll take a quick break, and then when I come back, I'm going to talk about my time at the film festival, and I'll maybe I'll discuss a little bit. No, 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 that's not true. No. Yes, yes, it is. When I get back, I will discuss my time at the film festival. <laughs> oh, I tell you. And you still have time to, uh, you know, Call in and, and, you know, mess with me. I don't know, whatever. You know, you know how to do it. Just go to blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift, and there should be a little button there to click and interact, or you can call three four, air code 347-237-5187. So I will be right back. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift, and I am punching in. I'll be back, guys. Uh, come in, Houston. This is Apollo X. This is Apollo X. Request special permission to dock with the station. Uh, Roger, Apollo, you are go for station dock. Welcome aboard, Shifties. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Broadcasting live on blogtalkradio.com slash the Graveyard Shift. Follow us at hashtag Emmy Shift Show. For our Twitter feed, stay punched in. We'll be back.
show. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Today is March 18th. want to welcome everybody back. And, uh, you know, like I said before, we are um, live on Blog Talk Radio, but unfortunately the bid chat servers are down for me. I don't know why. I've tried contacting them, but for some reason, incommunicado. But, oh, well, hopefully that'll be fixed before next week. In the meantime, it doesn't matter because I am re- I did record myself, hello, on video, and I am going to, you know, publish this archive thing on our video page. Okay, anyway, as promised, I was talking to you guys about the, all the cool stuff that I got to do over the weekend – or the week, rather. And one of them was to go to the, Gas- the Suncoast Credit Union Gasparilla International Film Festival. And some of you might be asking, what the heck is that, Emmy? Well, I will tell you. It's a film festival, first of all, so obviously they show films. Now, it's put on by the Tampa Film Institute. It was founded in 2006 with the inaugural Gasparilla International Film Festival held in 2007. That year, Crash won Best Picture. Philip Seymour Hoffman was Best Actor for Capote. Reese Witherspoon won Best Actress for Walk the Line. And Ang Lee won Best Director for Brokeback Mountain at the Academy Awards. In just 10 short years, it's hosted thousands of filmmakers, talent, producers, film buffs, along with countless world premieres, USA premieres, and Florida premiere film screenings that have brought and continue to bring the arts, education, quality films to the Tampa Bay area. And I cannot take credit for that. That was a quote from their website, but still. And, you know, you might be wondering, well, that's all nice and everything, but who won? Well, I'll tell you, there were several awards. The Audience Award for Best University of Tampa Short was The Netherworld, directed by Creed Smith. Audience Award for Best College Short Film, Stutter, director – oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. It was called Stutter. The director, Ivo Huahua, and I am very – I apologize greatly if I did not um, say that correctly. Hold on. I'm going to – I'm trying to share this right now with the festival. See if anybody wants to um, listen. And discussing the festival and the winners. And now, no, okay, okay. Anyway, as I was saying before, I rudely interrupted myself. So, once again, audience, audience Award for Best College Short Film, Stutter, directed by Ivo Huahua. Um, audience Award Best Short Film, which would, went to Daryl and His Friends, directed by Evan Smith. Next category, Audience Award for Best Documentary Feature, went to Score, directed by Matt Schrader. Next category, Audience Award Best Florida Production went to The Lost Digit, which is directed by Garrett Brown. Audience Award Best International Feature went to Handsome Devil, much like myself, I might say, directed by John Butler. Next Audience Award category is Best U.S. Feature, and that went to Carrie Pilby, was directed by Susan Johnson. Next listing of categories was Grand Jury Awards. The Grand Jury Best College Short went to For the Record directed by Justin Burt. Grand Jury Best Short went to Undertaking directed by Kevin James O'Neill. 
Grand Jury Special Mention for Best Short went to Broken Pines, which is directed by Ann Pace. Grand Jury Best Documentary Feature went to Finding Oscar, directed by Ryan Suffern. Next category, Grand Jury Best Florida Production went to Turtle Tale, directed by Luke Campo, which is, by the way, I, I interviewed Luke. Um, I don't know if I have the audio file with me, but you can see it either on my Facebook page or I also shared it on their festival page, and I will also make it available on our bid chat app page. Next category, Grand Jury Best Performance International Narrative Feature went to Paula Beer for, uh, I believe it's France. And Grand Jury Best Performance U.S. Narrative Feature went to Dimitri Martin, Dean. Next category, Grand Jury Best International Feature went to France, F-R-A-N-T-Z, or France, just in case I'm not saying that correctly, who's directed, which is directed, excuse me, by Francois Ozon. Next category, Grand Jury Best U.S. Feature went to Future 38, directed by Jamie Greenberg. And I do sincerely apologize if I'm, I'm sure I mispronounced a bunch of those. I did the best I could. And if I did, I am very sorry. As always, congratulations to all the winners and the nominees. And congratulations to the film festival. You guys did an absolutely phenomenal job. If I haven't said it before, which I know I have, I'll say it again. Loved it. Can't wait for next year. So, you know, one of the things I was going to talk to about, and I know I usually don't discuss ghostesses on the show, but you know what? There's a first time for everything. Well, actually, it wasn't. it's not really a first time because when I did the show on the station, I used to talk about it all the time. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about it now. But one of the things I don't think I did ever discuss is famous ghosts. Now, you might be asking, what do you mean famous ghosts? Well, actually, I mean ghosts of celebrities. I'm talking about like somebody became famous, they died, and they're becoming famous again, but in spiritual form. Woo! So you might be asking, well, come on, Emmy. I mean, how, 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 how true can that be? Well, actually, you might be surprised. I mean, what's to say that if somebody sees a ghost, they, why can't they see somebody that was famous in life? Well, it has happened. And there are many cases of these dead celebrities that have been seen much past their passing on Earth. So why don't we go into some of them, huh, while the show is almost over? Well, of course, one of the most famous dead celebrity ghosts is Lucille Ball. So when she died on April 26, 89, she was still living at her house. And since her death, she is said to remain in the home that experiences a number of strange happenings. The new owners of her house tell of unexplained broken windows, loud voices being heard from an empty attic, and furniture and other objects moving around inside the house. Now, it looks like Lucy still wants to be in the show, Ricky. Another is Bonnie and Clyde. Man, I definitely would not want to see these guys, or guy and girl. Now, this pair of notorious outlaws of the 30s were finally tracked down and killed in on May 23rd, 1934, outside of Arcadia, Louisiana. Their bullet-ridden car was then towed into town, and their bodies were still in the vehicle. Well, today a marker stands at the site where they died, and apparently it's said to be haunted by the pair. Photographs taken of the marker eh, often come out with ghostly forms. Now, you know, I'm going to call this one maybe. Because, yeah, sure, it might be them. It is a kind of a big coincidence that 
it just so happens that's the place they were killed at, and that's where ghostly apparitions are happening. But that does not necessarily mean it's them. I mean, ghosts, you know, anybody, any ghost could appear there for that matter. I mean, it doesn't have to be them. So who knows? Until we see something that looks like one of their faces, I'm going to call this one a maybe. Next one, Aaron Burr. Now, who's Aaron Burr? Well, for those of you who watched Hamilton, I'm sure you know, maybe. Burr was the third vice president under Thomas Jefferson, but he is not known so much for what for that as he is for the duel with Alexander Hamilton. See ha ha see ya. I tricked you. After killing Hamilton, oh sorry, spoiler alert. I should have said spoiler alert. Oh, everybody knows that. After killing Hamilton in the duel and then singing, no, I'm kidding. He was placed on trial for treason, but was acquitted. I was ki- I killed Andrew Jackson. I mean Alexander Hamilton. Now I'm a quick okay. Today, Burr is said to haunt the one if by land, two if by sea restaurant in New York City. Okay, located in what was once Burr's cabbage. Oh, okay, it was once his carriage house. It's at 17 Barrow Street. If you're if you're interested, the two if by sea restaurant in New York City. Both in that, excuse me, visitors and staff alike have observed dishes that fly of their own accord and apparently have had chairs pulled out from under them by unseen hands. Also said to haunt the restaurant is Burr's daughter, Theodosia Burr Alston. Man, if I had that name, I'd haunt that too. Who vanished off the coast of North Carolina en route to visit her father in New York. You know what I think is going on. I think Burr is pissed off that Hamilton got a musical and he didn't. And, you know, he's like, oh, Stupid Hamilton, I'm going to haunt this place to no, I guess it was rap, right? Wasn't it? So I'm gonna haunt this place and I'm gonna have my face all over the place. Okay, I can't rap. Next one, Al Capone. Now, this very infamous Chicago gangster led the city's illegal activities during the Prohibition area and has been rumored to haunt a couple of locations. Now, allegedly, when people are disrespectful while visiting his family plot at Mount Carmel Cemetery in Hillside, Illinois, he is said to appear. Also at Alcatraz, where Capone was one of the first inmates, spectral banjo music has often been heard coming from inside his old cell. Now, look, I I can just see this. I can just see people going to this guy's grave and being like, hey, Capone, you stupid idiot. You stupid. Hey, Capone, give me your taxes. Hey, man, what's up? Click. You know, whatever. Lon Chaney Sr. Now, come on. Do you really have to Google this one? Come on, guys. This guy is remembered primarily as the pioneer actor of horror films during the silent film era. One of the ones he did is, of course, The Phantom of the Opera. Very – one of the greatest actors ever. So he died in 1930. So today his spirit is said to haunt Soundstage 28 at Universal Studios. Now – Apparently, his caged, caped, excuse me, spirit has been seen running along the catwalks above the stage. Now, other phenomena reported to occur here includes lights that turn on and off and doors that open and close by themselves. You know, I won't call this one a definite because it's a soundstage. So any of you that have been, if you've never been in a soundstage, sounds are, well, it's a soundstage, right? There's all kinds of stuff that happen in the soundstage, okay? There, it doesn't surprise me that lights go on and off by themselves or doors open and close by themselves because there's a lot of atmospheric stuff happening there. So eh, I'm not so sure about this one. 
Okay, I think I have time for one more, guys. One more. Let me see. Uh, what is another one that I can do? Hmm, let me see. How about, oh my gosh, Elvis. Elvis, perfect. Elvis Presley. So apparently, Elvis is said to haunt his beloved home, Graceland, in Memphis. A white sequined Elvis has been seen by stagehands at the Las Vegas Hilton, where he often performed in the early 70s. He's also been seen in a rambling old building just off Nashville's Music Row. And at one time, the building housed Studio of RCA in the 50s, and it was there that Elvis recorded his breakthrough hit single, single, Heartbreak Hotel. Now, RCA is no longer there. The building continues to house a TV production studio that produces music-related programs. Now, and according to people that have worked there, every time Elvis's name is mentioned, something strange happens, like a ladder falling down, lights blowing out, unexplained noises coming through the sound system. Now, White Sequined Elvis has also reportedly been spotted by stagehands at this hotel where he performed in the early 1970s. Okay, and that'll do it for tonight, guys. It's a shame nobody called in, but I guess nobody has seen a famous ghostesses. So, um, I don't know. I might do ghost sightings more next week. Who knows? But I'll tell you what is a ghostly sighting is Dr. Paul Bearer's interview. So, that'll be coming up soon. Be on the lookout. Um, all over Anywhere you find me, either on Facebook, on facebook.com slash Shogun, on BidChat, which you can get for free at most app stores. Just look up Graveyard Shift under BidChat. Or you can look me up on blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift on a browser at bidchat.com slash the slash graveyard shift. I don't know where else. I'm not sure. But, you know, just kind of look it up. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I'll see you next week. And, oh, and again, really in all seriousness, all kidding aside, thank you very much to the Gaspar, the Suncoast Credit Union, uh, Gasparilla International film festival staff and crew for having me i was i just had an absolute blast you guys were the best um and you know i'm i just realized i did not get to play the interview between myself and the representative what is wrong with me god i suck you know i tell you what here we're gonna go where i'm gonna go ahead and play it because i think that's just fair if i can find it i know it's in here somewhere i still got a few minutes i can do this I can do this, don't Don't you tell me I can't do it. What's wrong with you people, God? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here's my interview between myself and here we go. And this uh, representative from the Suncoast Credit Union. Hi, guys. This is Emmy with the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. I am here speaking with Chelsea Castellano from Suncoast Credit Union. Uh, they are the main sponsors of the Suncoast Credit Union uh, Gasparilla International Film Festival 2017. Uh, Chelsea, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, I know it's a fun party. You want to get back to it, so I'll just cut to the chase. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the credit union? What exactly do you guys offer, and why exactly, or if you know, did they decide to sponsor this festival? So one of the main reasons that we sponsor the film festival is we're really into giving back to the community. So a lot of banks, a lot of credit unions will advertise in um, media, in print, in TV, all of that. But all of our marketing, we actually do by going to the community events, um, doing different volunteering things, and just really being involved in our community. Um, I know we've done this for a couple of years now, and we just really like being involved and seeing how we can make an impact. Part of our goal is to help all of our members 
Um, so by being involved in community events, it really gives us that opportunity to interact and show how we are local. And we're not just some big um, organization really far away, but we're really local and involved right here in Tampa Bay and our surrounding counties. Great. So uh, I guess you can tell we're in a very uh, festive atmosphere, and really it just sounds like you guys really want to give back to the community and, uh, and are very into giving to the community itself and helping nurture that. Um, so are you aware of any other projects coming up that you guys have or uh, that you know of? Or um, it's, okay if, it's okay if you're not sure, because I know sometimes some projects are not being disclosed publicly. Sadly, there's so many events that we're a part of that I don't know all of them off of the top of my head. Um, I personally work with Youth Outreach, so I go into schools for K-12, and I do financial literacy there. So it's wonderful. It's amazing. I really, really love it. Um, we have student-run branches where we encourage students to save from elementary school to high school, and we have 34 of those branches. Um, so my job mostly focuses on the school side of it and education side and teaching students about financial literacy. But I know that we have um, our community team that they're out in the community. They're doing multiple projects over our 21 counties. Um, so there's just so many that we're involved with that I can't name all of them off the top of my head. Hey, I mean, that's more than enough. And I, I know I speak for the rest of Tampa and say thank you so much for all that you guys do if it wasn't for you i mean i don't even know what we would have anymore because we we are so starved in the film community and the theatrical community and the creative arts community as a whole without people like you without companies like you we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do much so i want to thank you very much for your time and your energy please pass on that to the uh rest of the board members or whatever at the suncoast credit union thank you so much chelsea you go have a good time i will i'll leave you alone now thank, thank you have a good night Well, there you go. That was our interview with Chelsea, uh, representative of Suncoast Credit Union. Guys, uh, before I go off the air tonight, I have, unfortunately, a sad bit of news for you. Breaking news. Apparently, one of the greatest musicians that ever lived, Chuck Berry, has passed away at 90. Um, it's just been, it's just been bro breaking news tonight. Um, I, I mean, I just knew, I just found out about this, so unfortunately... It's not like I can just play a song for from him, but you know, everyone knows he did Roll Over Beethoven, rock and roll music, and Johnny B. Good. He passed away today in St. Charles County, Missouri. He was 90 years old. His death was confirmed by the St. Charles County, Missouri Police Department. And of course, we are very sad to hear about this, but he had a, a one heck of a life. And um, you know, as John Lennon once put it, if you tried to give rock and roll another name, you might have called it Chuck Berry. So. You know what, Chuck? We want to thank you for everything you've done for music and for entertainment. And um, you deserve the rest, my, my friend. So we hope you rest in peace. And uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the Graveyard Shift tonight. And for those of you watching the archive video, thank you for watching. We'll be back again next week. Hopefully, we'll be back live on BitChat as well. And uh, same time, Saturday evening, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will see you here on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. And this is Emmy, and I'm punching out. See ya. You feel that universe? That satisfied feeling.
only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed, hashtag Emmy Shift Show, to stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.